0: Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. Thanks for joining us as we continue our series in marriage preparation. And really, who's this for? Well, any young couple getting ready to marry, but especially for parents. And parents, be aware that the sooner you begin giving nuggets of wisdom about choosing a marriage partner and how to go through that preparation, the earlier you begin, the more that's received. The older a child gets, and I'm talking about a young adult, years During those years, the ears may not be quite as open as when children are younger. So, parents of younger children, grandparents, this is information to pass along to your grown children for their children and your grandchildren, and it's also a good resource for your priest as well. Today, we're going to be talking about marriage preparation before, during, and after pre-Cana. Now, the spark for this series was a recommendation from the Vatican to double the time for pre-cana. And I'm, I'm in full agreement that marriage preparation needs strengthening. I don't think that's up for debate, but I do not think that extending the required length of the classes will necessarily bring about the desired result. One of those, and I've expressed this concern, is that it could risk a further plunge in church marriages. I mentioned last episode that just between the year 2000 and 2012, church weddings dropped by 40 percent. That's a huge drop in 12 years, but here's another one, just to put it in a wider perspective. Guess how much church weddings, Catholic church weddings, have plunged since the year 1970? Take, Take a wild guess. 75 percent, and this is during a time where the number of Catholics in the United States has increased. So I'm just concerned that there's already a very weak relationship between young adults coming of age, getting ready to marry, and following through with a sacramental marriage in the church. So I don't think— extending the classes will reverse the trend. But today, this might sound like a miracle, but I have a very concrete suggestion on how pre-Cana, in other words, by pre-Cana, I'm talking about Catholic marriage preparation, can be dramatically expanded and extended without adding a single class. Now you think, how in the world could you do that? Well, do you want to know the secret? I'll let it out of the bag right here at the beginning of the broadcast. The secret to extending and expanding marriage preparation is the weekly homily. It is the single best resources on this planet for strengthening Catholic marriages. Just think with me for a moment. What greater opportunity is there to influence huge sectors of American population? They gather every week, and you have millions of Catholics, and Protestants can do this as well, but they're there in person every week to hear something spoken by a respected person. And this isn't something that has to happen during a certain few-month window, this can go on long before pre-cana starts, like a pre, pre-cana, like we mentioned last week. This can go on during pre and it continue long afterwards. So it's not just like a, a one-shot temporary thing. It's something that can extend. Now, I'd like to suggest a very practical way this can be done without upsetting the whole homiletic apple cart so to speak i discovered this at a talk i gave in the upper midwest i'll just put it that way and it was scheduled to be a catholic men's conference and I was told by the organizers, and I agreed to this readily, they wanted to invite their older sons. I think maybe like older teens, college-age sons were coming. So I had a talk arranged for a men's conference, and I have a lot more points in a conference talk than you'd wanna give in a homily, just because sometimes it's the only time in my lifetime, in their lifetime, they'll hear what I have to offer. So I had several points. But then I went back through my talk. And again, this only took, oh, maybe three or five minutes. I went back through my talk and I said, you know, this point is particularly relevant to young men. It's certainly relevant to men of all ages, but I was looking for a couple of points within my talk that would be relevant for young men. And just so in the margin of my notes, I just put why, for young men. And I probably had, I don't know, three or four points within that conference talk for adult men. Now, I found out that two or three things happened. One was that uh, I do know that there were young college-age men present, and within a very, very, very short time, I got invited back to the same community to address college students. So evidently they liked somebody who realized that, hey, there's some young men in existence here and they're not used to being addressed. So it it hit them. Also, and this is something that is just remarkable. When you focus on a specific group, like I was doing with young men, Guess what happens to the older men? They pay more attention, not less, more attention. And one of the points I made involved a a particular resource that I had on my book table that disappeared almost immediately, not just from young men, but from the older guys there as well. So in other words, it worked remarkably well. And you can do the same thing with a specifically targeted group in your parish, and you can make the general point, and that covers everyone, but then you can get specific on how this could apply to marriages, to family life, and that type of thing. And what you'll find is that It will increase everyone's attention. Now, I've read some homiletic research, and guess what is the most memorable sermon or homily that's given in any church throughout America? Do you know what that is? You might be surprised. It's the children's sermon or the children's homily where the kids come up and they have a few minutes together now, this is a specifically targeted address to children, and it's the one thing that everybody in the parish or the congregation remembers. Now, one of the reasons, it's uh, it's simple, and that's a big tip. It's targeted. That's a big tip. And of course, with kids, you have to tell them because you can't let them try to figure this out in their own you tell them how it applies to their lives and how to live it. And if you do those three things in a children's sermon or a children's homily, it'll be the best remembered thing that the congregation or the parish takes home. Well, think about those same principles could be adapted to and it's not your entire I'm not asking for the entire homily. You're making a point but when the point comes, you can maybe have even two applications, and you don't even need to wait till the end of the homily to make an application. If you specifically target, people will pay attention. they will kind of like, oh, I, I want to listen. Okay, I, I'm a single person, but he's talking to a married couple. I want to hear what he has to say. And so I pay a little bit more attention. So I call these marriage and family homily points, it just Put a big M, that's for marriage, or F for family, or FL for family life in your homily notes, and for your application, you can draw its application to the family. And again, you don't need to do this every week, and I'd be delighted if you do it every week, but just just put it together and then make a plan. And I would say, uh, if you could, as a priest, make a commitment uh, to get started on this, to at least have one marriage or family homily point every month in a homily. That's not that much uh, to ask. And you can start making your pre-cana, before, during, and after. In other words, it's not just a little point in your life because quite frankly, it's after pre-cana with the reality of married life that a lot of couples aren't dreaming like they are during their engagement period and they see the realities they're facing and are open for help and suggestions and guidance and, and advice. And that's why this is so critically important, not just extending classes for those engaged, but making marriage and family a regular part of parish life. So one of the things that they have found also in homiletic research that if Sunday messages are connecting with where the parishioners are living, in other words, the struggles they are facing, uh, rather than just basically abstract points, you can do abstract teaching, don't get me wrong, and theological teaching and a philosophical principle, perhaps, but you want to be able to bring it home. And if you bring it home and people, hear how they can apply what you're talking about, the more it will stick. It's called self-referential learning, a fancy word for it, but if the listener knows ways to apply what you're speaking about, they'll pay more attention, because unfortunately, most people in any congregation or parish throughout the United States, Protestant or Catholic, most people hearing a homily or a sermon cannot remember it by midweek or later in a week, and there's a striking percentage. I, found, I forgot exactly what it is, but a striking percentage of those hearing a homily can't remember it by the time they go out the door. So, this will strengthen homilies, and it will strengthen marriages. And basically, it's just taking what you're saying. There's plenty of great scriptures. I'm going to give you a couple of examples um, and homily topics that you can then apply to family life. So let's, let's try to get practical. But before we do, I'd like to address the question somebody might toss back at me and saying, well, that's all well and good, but are practical applications really something that's biblical and apostolic? Is it is it really something Catholic? And I'm going to share with you what I think is the best example in all the books of the Bible, okay, when it comes to practical application, and that's St. Paul's epistle to the Ephesians, okay? Now, in chapters 1, 2, and 3 of Paul's epistle to the Ephesians, it's some of the deepest theology that you'll find anywhere in the Bible. In fact, just a personal note, in chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, are a single sentence in Greek. I was in a Greek class where the professor kind of tortured us and made us outline that one sentence that runs between six and and 14 sentences in English translations. It's one sentence in Greek, and some scholars think it could be the most difficult sentence in the entire Greek language. So this isn't light theology, this isn't skimming, this isn't fluff, this is digging deep. So you have three chapters of Ephesians, very deep, profound theology, Then you get to chapter four and verse one, and the first word is therefore. Now, when you're reading an epistle, you have to ask yourself, what is the therefore, therefore? And unlike (laughs) a message or a book that doesn't have any way to bring the truths of the Bible down to earth, St. Paul's epistle to the Ephesians is the perfect seesaw. And I'm talking about a balanced seesaw where on chapters one, two, and three are theology and chapters four, five, and six are practical applications and specific applications to married couples and how a profound teaching on marriage, some of the deepest in the whole Bible, is part of the therefore. And it also addresses uh, husbands, uh, fathers particularly fathers for the education and child training of their children it addresses children and how what their relationship is to be like to their parents so it's three chapters of practical application three chapters of theology put together to make a, a very dynamite message in St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. So that's my suggestion As priest, you know, your seesaw may not be <laughs> entirely balanced because, you know, quite honestly, application is sometimes very difficult, but start with a once-a-month homily point relating to marriage and family. So I'm going to give you some examples, and my first one is the, one of the easiest I can think of, and just imagine you're 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 talking about a homily about drawing near to God. And what's that? Half your homilies during the year. So you're drawing near to God, but it's time this month to do your marriage homily point. Well, then you can talk about the sacramental marriage triangle. You have God at the top, and at the bottom you have the husband and the wife. And as the two draw nearer to God on the triangle, sacramental marriage triangle, they're drawing closer to God. And that can be part of your exhortation. It doesn't have to be anything more than that. Just, you know, if you draw closer to God, you'll be drawing closer to your spouse and mention that triangle. And bring that triangle back. Doesn't mean you can never mention this again. I would say this is a good once a year mention because Couples need to realize that their faith is directly related to their family life, and they need to hear how. Now, uh, this is what I would call a marriage-saving recommendation. At least once every year, couples need to hear that it's normal for marriages to experience up and downs. And uh, there can be a psalm that was read in in the Scripture readings. I don't know exactly what will, how that will come up or love endures or whatnot, but a priest can mention some of the things that cause a tough marital season, one of those down periods. And by the way, um, anything that I have produced from these radio shows, anything I've written any priest is free to use or abuse by way of a homily point, and whether or not you give attribution to me, I I don't care. I, what I care about are are the families. And if you look in my book Legacy, and I'm not trying to promote my stuff, you know I'm going to mention it this broadcast. I think Catholic Radio shouldn't be used for a marketing tool, but I'm just saying. If you look on page. 33 of my book, Legacy, you can convey concrete hope to your parish, and I would recommend this once a year, that couples who are tempted to divorce, you can encourage them to stick with it by citing the statistic that 77% of those couples who rated their marriage as very unhappy and stuck it out for five years, rated their marriage at that point, either very happy or quite happy. In other words, it flipped, turned around from an unhappy situation to a happy situation. And that's on page 33 of my book, Legacy. That's the footnote. I would recommend that every year because you always have people contemplating divorce And by the way, a good time to do that would be very shortly after the first of the year, perhaps the first Sunday of the year, because you know how everybody makes New Year's resolutions to get a treadmill and this and that. Um, They also make resolutions to get divorced. You want to come in preemptively before they file anything and kind of mess things up further and give them hope, okay? And this can be done in three minutes um, and just find a a good point in your homily through the year, and you can introduce it next year as I'm never tired of saying, and then just talk about that statistic that 77 percent end up turning a very unhappy marriage into a very happy one, okay? Now, another, and again, I uh, apologize because I don't like, I think Catholic Radio has gotten a little too much hype on products and stuff. But any case, we have a donor letter, which we send out premiums every month, and we try not to send out fluff, but things that really make a difference in your faith life and your family life. And one of the things we offer is a special resource. Now, if you happen to be a donor, um, read the read book or listen to the CD or whatever, and then pass it on to your priest so that they can glean their at least once a month or maybe even twice a month type of point. And again, this isn't the whole homily. This isn't even a third of the homily. It's just something you're already going to say by way of application and driving it home powerfully. Okay, and I'm just going to pick a time, but The Sunday before Valentine's Day, everybody talks about love, and honestly, in America and in the media, it's pretty phony baloney picture of love. It's uh, not very enduring, but there are two books a priest can stand up and recommend that, in my experience, the vast, vast majority of Catholics have never heard of. The first book is entitled For Women Only, subtitled What you need to know about the inner lives of men. And uh, this book has absolutely shocked Christian wives. And when they found out, and this isn't anecdotes and such, this is professional research asking men exactly what they think, particularly of their married life and their wives and their wishes and whatnot. And it's, it's just astounding. It's entitled Eye-Opening Insights About How the Opposite Sex Thinks. And they also have a companion book, For Men Only, A Straightforward Guide to the Inner Lives of Women. And I can say as a man, men really enjoy learning about what makes women tick, and particularly their wives. And these two resources you could just mention around Valentine's Day, read the titles and stuff. Just say, I recommend these. It'll help strengthen your marriage. And I'm leaving copies, you know, in the foyer or whatever as you come and go so they can pick up and look at the book for a few minutes. You might want to get several copies to leave out there because there's going to be a lot of people who are going to want to view these things. And you can then give them some of the best resources for strengthening their marriage they didn't hear about and it's easy to say you know love but how and this will enable couples to do so now uh let's go to lent and we're back to the marriage triangle you just mentioned the marriage triangle and you can mention that you know renewing your relationship with god by removing the barriers of sin in your life with him is also going to bring you closer to your spouse, because as the two of you grow closer to God, you grow closer to each other, and that's why I encourage every married couple. In fact, I encourage everyone in this parish, but you see, by addressing it specifically to married couples, your general Lenten invitation to go to confession, you just bring it home to married life and family life and everybody will hear it. Now, um, oh, here's another one. Let's say somehow or another the Lord's Prayer comes up, the Our Father, and lead us not into temptation. You can speak for 60 seconds to all of those working in the modern workplace. It used to be uh, gender-separated workplaces uh, until the last I don't know, whatever, probably 70 years, that has special temptations that go with it. You can simply mention those and caution those. And then when it comes to business travel, and particularly for the men, I I address men in a men's conference, for business travel, you should act as though you're entering a war zone. Holy water, blessed crosses, uh, lots of prudence, exercising care, and somebody said, well, Steve, that's easy for you to say. You go to, um, you know, Catholic conferences. Do you think traveling to Catholic conferences are without temptation? Um, you're, you're never apart from temptation, particularly when you're on the road. And probably the wisest priest I know of for how to remain faithful on the road is Father Larry Richards. And he's got it. And, but basically, you just want to exercise that caution and they just need to hear that. Doesn't have to be a long harangue. It can be 60 or 120 seconds and then boom. Now, once they see you're trying to be on their side and you're trying to help them, after a few months of doing this, you will earn the right right to address the really hard topics. And someone told me the best way to address a difficult topic is to say, this is a difficult topic for me to address. You'll get everyone's attention immediately and you'll reassure them, you're just not downloading some mindless burden on them. And then you can talk about some of the hard topics like birth control, or the use of pornography and how those things affect a marriage not just they're right and wrong you want to say that that's part of the theology that's part of ephesians one through three but the application is why is that wrong and what do you want to do to help that and maybe for those suffering uh, repetitive sins that as a priest you welcome them there's no embarrassment to come because you're there in the name of christ and he welcomes you That's the type of thing that's going to make all the difference in the world. And so uh, be sure to expand pre-cana, before, during, and after. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 402 of Faith and Family Radio.